Welcome to the intersection of theater and even more theater. You have achieved stage grok. Theater podcast coming to you from the Geographic Center of the American Theater. I'm your host, Scott Miller. Today I talk with Broadway HD founder and CEO Bonnie Comley. Okay, well, thank you so much for talking to me today. Um, I've been a big fan of Broadway HD for quite some time now. Um, but before we talk about that, I want to talk about what you did before Broadway HD. You produced a lot of theater and so forth. So <laughs> there was no a life before kind of, Broadway HD. Just a little brief kind of, you know, synopsis of what was going on before Broadway HD in your life. Well, I did, I, I did broadcast journalism. I did TV production. I ended up getting into uh, theater production uh, when I married Stuart Lane. Um, 20 whatever years ago so prior to that it was tv and film and broadcast journalism and so then you know he sort of dragged me into the theater um, <laughs> and I always you know looked at it and said you know where's the business plan here where is the strategy and you know what if this would stuff would be really great if we could like bring this onto tv and I think that that was you know part of um, our marriage and our marriage of tv film and and theater was uh, was the you know the invention the founding of Broadway HD. So, so that was kind of, so there was always some, you know, look to like, where are we going? How can we get theater onto, onto, the, onto the screen? Well, and I remember becoming aware of Broadway HD a fair while back, right? 2013, well, you know, 14, you know, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, Stu and I actually, uh, you know, he were involved in what we called, what we now call digital captures, but the filming or videotaping of, of stage plays, of what's actually going on in the, on the stage. So the first one that Stu was involved with was back in 1992. He did Will Rogers' Follies at the Palace Theater, and Japan Satellite Broadcast was one of the producers of the stage version, and the reason they, they were producing the stage version was so that they would have the rights to shoot the show and show it as a pay-per-view in Japan. So there was no possibility of you know cannibalizing the live ticket sales at that time for the Broadway show because they weren't going to show it anywhere anywhere in the right. US. So, you know, that was one of the first ones and then we were shooting um company with Real Esparza back in I think that was like two thousand and seven. Um we were part of the team for Legally Blonde with M T V and then the subsequent the search for, you know, the, the search L Woods. Um so, no, so, so we were initially it 
it was not about a channel. Is that right? No, it was okay, not. Okay, so initially it was, it was grabbing about whatever. Yep, shows. it was grabbing whatever show we could at the time because, for exactly the reason why Broadway HD is our passion, is it was to share a show that we loved with a bigger audience, an right. audience outside of the four walls of that theater. Um, right. So that was always the goal, but there really wasn't any outlet for it. So as I mentioned, you know, we did Japan Satellite Broadcast, we did MTV, we did things that landed on PBS, we did a lot of DVDs 15 years ago. You know, so about five or six years ago, we kind of looked at each other and said, you know, every time we do one of these digital captures, it was like a huge effort, but we were scratching and clawing to get our way back to just barely make money on it because it just was such a limited audience. Right. Um, or the, or how you could get to that audience. And then, you know, as I said, five or six years ago, we kind of looked at each other and said, you know, we love doing this. And everybody, every time we did one, they were like, oh, my God, this is amazing. You should do this with every show. And we were like, it's right. going to kill us if we do this with every show. So, you know, we started looking and saying, where's the business in here? And the whole world at that time was going to streaming. And we said, you know what? Maybe we take all our stuff and we make a streaming, you know, a, a website. Um, but we had been involved in probably about ten of these digital captures, and ten does not make a, you know, a, a streaming site. You know, right. So what we did was we looked at like, okay, let's prime the pump, let's, you know, put money in and invest in actually going out and shooting shows. Um, let's build the website, the technology platform that you know is going to be as safe as a, a Netflix or Hulu or an Amazon for protecting that content, you know, get the payment collection. So it's like, you know, the technology, you don't really need to get too granular, but it's like layering different pieces um, into the technology part um, to build this rock-solid website so nobody can, you know, pirate your stuff off of there and, and the you know, the credit cards and all that are, are as safe as a payment collection. And then we went out and started, you know, looking to say, you know, we're not the only ones that have done this. Where else can we get this content? And when we launched BroadwayHD.com on the net just about, you know, it was four years ago in, uh, in October, we had 100 titles because we said, you know, I think 100 would interest people. So we grabbed 100 titles, and we're now up to over 300 full-length stage plays and musicals because we start, you know, once you sort of build the platform, we started, as I said, we started shooting more things, um, investing in the digital captures of it, but also we're able to then have this amazing, you know, outlet and distribution platform for other shows that had already been shot to then put their content onto our platform. And basically what we did was, you know, the, the legacy that Broadway HD will leave is that it aggregated all this similar content yeah. into one destination. So well, you know, there's, a, there's one or two on Netflix and there's one or two on Amazon, but it's not, you know, it's that cartoon network, it's MTV, it's where's the destination for full-length live performance of Broadway shows. And so it's well, and, and HD. I have to tell you, one of my thrills, because uh, I subscribed, I don't know, like a year or two ago, um, and, and just had a blast with it, but, but one of my favorite things was all those shows that they videotaped in the 70s for PBS or for other things, cable channels, whatever, you got those, and there's some wonderful things in there. 
Yeah, and I was, I was really thing. delighted I mean, to find that. We didn't, we didn't invent this, you know, this art form, this genre of putting stage plays onto videotape right. or digital pixels or whatever you want to call them. But what we did do was put them all into one place. It's just to pull them all in. And we called ourselves Broadway HD because we wanted it to be, you know, the core content to be Broadway shows, to be live in front of an audience, and to be in HD. But then when we started grabbing content, we found something that was shot before HD. And we said, okay, is the audience, you know, is our subscribers going to mind that? You know, we'll up, you know, we'll up convert it to the best, you know, uh, HD quality that we can do. And we'll put disclaimers on it. But And then we, we did that, you know, right after we launched. And no one cared. You know, I mean, we had, like, right. disclaimers right. saying, like, this isn't actually HD. If you're not right. okay with that, you know, please don't. And nobody cared because it was just having this content available. And the same thing with live streaming. We experimented with live streaming. So we launched, it, you know, as I said, four years ago, six months later, uh, we made the Guinness World Records for being the first live stream of a Broadway show. While the Broadway show was going on, we did uh, She Loves Me with the Roundabout Theater nice. at uh, Studio 54 and made, you know, Guinness World Record. And at that time, you know, I mean, it, you know, it was amazing. We And when we launched our site, so when we launched, we had 100 titles. We were trying to be lean and mean with our advertising and marketing budget. So we really only advertised in English and only in the U.S., and we did a little bit in the U.K. But right after launching, we had people reaching out to our customer service saying, you know, I'm trying to watch your movies, and you're not collecting my currency. It it was kind of like, where are you guys coming from? Because I wasn't really talking to you. But it's that power of the internet and things going viral and then when we live streamed we actually had we had viewers in 84 different countries wow. <laughs> I don't even know what time it was there we didn't market to them they just found us yeah. and it was again it was one of those things that was just jaw-dropping eye-popping that you were like okay I guess that is the proud you know the power of the Broadway brand um, because it is. It's a luxury brand that is recognized around the world. I mean, yeah. any time I travel and I say to people I work on Broadway, they're like, oh, that's amazing. That's just great. Oh, it's the pinnacle of live entertainment. And I can look at them and say, oh, yeah, what was the last Broadway show you saw? And sometimes <laughs> they say, I've never seen a Broadway show. Yep. So that's how powerful the brand is, and that's thanks to the Broadway League has been for years pushing out, this is quality, this is the pinnacle, this is where to come to see this type of art. And, um, you know, so when we, when, we, when we launched and when we put it out there, it was, it, it's, a, it's a global underserved audience for this kind of content. Very um, underserved. Yep, and we're constantly trying to get grab more shows. We're constantly trying to, you know, our subscribership just keeps growing because theater, you know, there's theater fans and there's two types of theater fans. One is the, the Broadway ticket buyer, the people that are already buying those tickets to Broadway and to the Broadway tours when they go out. And then there's theater fans that will never set foot inside of a Broadway theater in Times Square or a Broadway yep. touring theater. They yep. just they just can't. They just can't, yep. whether it's geography or whether it's the economics or whether there's any sort of physical limitations for them. And so that's really who, 
you know, is the one hungriest for our content. And we're, as we're right now, our subscribers, we have subscribers in 123 different countries. That's awesome. When Broadway, yeah, when Broadway tours go out, you know, if, if it's like an Andrew Lloyd Webber, they'll do maybe 40 countries. Yeah. But other than that, you know, it's, it's, it, it's a big tour, and it goes out to a lot of countries, but you're still missing more than half the countries in the world. And yeah. when those do kind of go through, it's one, you know, like an Andrew Lloyd Webber or something goes through, a mega right. hit goes through, or Wicked, you know, or Disney Lion King goes through someplace, and then six, you know, it'll stay for a month or stay for three weeks, and then six months later, another one goes through. So it's, you know, just the flow of Broadway content isn't a steady stream on the live performance side of this either. So that's why these people are looking to us. And then they're also understanding what, you know, we're the biggest commercial, if you will, for what Broadway is as a brand around the world. Because people have access to this full-length content and saying, wow, you know, that's what it is. That's so, because there's lots of content that's out there that's short form, but it's, it's the, the little snippets of video that are there to, and, you know, to, to steer you down the, you know, the, the payment funnel to buy a ticket to the live show. Um, you know, and so it's like, watch me put my, you know, microphone on under my wig or watch me put on my makeup for cats or whatever it is, which is, is great. And it supports the live piece, but it doesn't really give them the full-length content that they, that they want. And so that's what Broadway HD is there for, is that we're serving up. You know, we have over 300 titles right now. And we are, for the past over six months, been able to put up one new show a week. Oh, that's awesome. And that's, it's amazing. You know, when I look at it, I'm like, oh, geez, you know. But let me tell you what I love about it. Tell me. As a theater junkie. What I love is there is this new stuff, you know, Paula Paula Vogel's Indecent and and Kim Rice's From Here to Eternity, like, like cool stuff that I had not seen before. But what's cooler for me is... I now can see all these plays that either I've heard about but never seen or read but never seen, and I can finally see A Doll's House and Hedda Gabler and Miss Julie and Tis Pity She's a Whore and School for Scandal. And, you know, like, well, like you know, all, the stuff I, I feel like about... I'm getting this amazing, like, history <laughs> lesson in all the plays yes. that I haven't seen before. Yes, yes, and yes. So in addition to being an entertaining you know, entertainment streaming website, what we are is we're professional development for people that are in the theater and continuing education for people that are in the theater or that want to get into the theater. And you I know, think if, you, if you're in a show, you don't there. get the opportunity to go see a show. So right. the only opportunity you have is if, you know, like on your night off, and if that what you want to do is go into another theater on your night off, you know, or, or you watch it digitally and people get it that it's a different thing than the live experience. So it it propels people to go see and seek out the life because it's a gateway. It's a gateway. And to yes. your point that you know that the the you know as we look at you know the the entertainment news and I've done like four panels on TV and TV of tomorrow in the last couple of weeks and all of those are talking about how 
with the channelization of uh, of, <laughs> of streamers, of you know the streaming industry, everybody's cutting the cord. People aren't just getting you know cable anymore. They're looking right. to get streaming entertainment, and with that, you're going to buy and you know subscribe to one of these gigantic streamers like a Netflix or a Hulu or an Amazon. But and everybody's going to have one or two of those. But then the other thing that's going to add on is their special interest. So if you're a theater fan, you're going to have Netflix and you're going to have Broadway HD. And yeah. so Netflix and Amazon will have some titles that are that are staged to screen pieces, but they're they don't have the depth of the library that we have at right. Broadway HD. So we're really for the people that. You know, as you said, I never saw this before. This is amazing. Um, you know, I, I want to see this when it comes through. You know, we have we have cats. We have so many people watching cats as they're wa- as they're as they're watching the next you know iteration of the you know the cats movie trailer. It's kind of like right. let me go see where the original source is. Let me see this one that everybody talks about. These are the performances that we have to like meet this and. Beat this performance, you know, of this version of Cats. Um, and so, I, you know, I mean, who knows whether they're going to do it, but so many people have an interest in, and they just keep watching Cats, our Cats, you know, over and over again. It's, it's kind of amazing um, to see, uh, you know, so it's that kind of stuff. It's just the, the, the depth of the library, the curation that we have. And then we have people from other countries now that are coming to us that it's not within their mission of their live producing organization to have a website but for that little bit of extra money they can put their content onto our platform (laughs) and you have a fair number of foreign productions now is that right we are we because these entities are coming to us and saying look you know it's you know we're the we're the broadway if you will of of Argentina, you know, and so right. we've got these big, huge, lavish productions that, for just a minimal amount of ma- money, you know, they do limited runs. A lot of these show, you know, a lot of these performing arts centers, they do limited runs. So they're going to do a limited run. They're not worried about cannibalizing the ticket sales, right. but they're also seeing the value of branding their organization outside of just their four walls of their organization. You know, so just like you see the Metropolitan Opera, the National Theater, the Royal Shakespeare Company, they're all seeing the value of the world recognizing that as a, you know, as a pinnacle of live entertainment. So yeah. when you go through those towns, you want to make sure that, you know, you're looking for, you know, you're looking for entertainment, you're looking for live theater, that's where you go when you're there. Um, as well as it, it's fundraising, you know. I mean, if you can say I have, you know, to your to your patrons or to the government that supports you, that if your government subsidized, which the rest of the world is in their arms, right. um, you know what I mean? Then they're looking and saying, look, look at all the people around the world that are aware of the kind of art that we're we're producing, that we're creating, and yeah. and that's huge. That yeah. is huge. I mean, that's just like one of the other things of the power of the internet. So, um, it's promoting, you know, it's promoting their local art. Yeah, I, and and I th- the other thing that I think is so wonderful is, you know, I go to the Broadway HD channel and, and I and, you know, I can see the popular stuff, I can see the new stuff, but also I can just look at dramas, just look at comedies. And for me, it's kind of cool. I don't know what I want to watch. Instead of going to old movies to watch, 
I go to theater to watch. I go to Broadway HD, and I, you know, I can see Kevin Klein doing present laughter, you know, which is like astonishingly wonderful. You can see Kevin Klein doing Pirates of Penzance. Yes, 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 and With so Linda and, you know, and see everything from Cats to Ruthless, you know, to Eugene O'Neill. The Toxic um, Avenger. <laughs> and, right, Toxic Avenger. I mean, it's just this wild variety, which I think is really cool. Uh, it but is. The, I mean, just putting all this theater in one place for so for somebody, yeah, you know, a, yeah. a different way for them to consume it. Yeah, well, and, and like, you know, every Shakespeare play. So I've seen a lot of Shakespeare, but I've never seen King John. I've never seen Troilus and Crescent. Like, you know, I could finally do the Shakespeare plays. Well, it, you know, for the price point, it gives you the, you know, the luxury to experiment. So a lot of people, yeah. that, you know, they're going to come and land on the site because they wanted to see Kinky Boots. But they just never, you know, in high school, you know, when they had to take, you know, had to read Shakespeare, it wasn't for them. But, you know, in the privacy of your home where you can stop and start and say, what did he say? You know, nobody wants to be uncomfortable in the theater. And if, they, if they're not, you know, comfortable with that, those heightened language pieces, the iambic pentameter, then they can stop and start. You know, you, yes. can, you can take it in little bits and you're not sitting in the theater. You know, part of the joy of theater is experiencing that with other people. And if you're comfortable there in the theater, then that's an awesome experience. But if you're not comfortable and you're not comfortable with something like classic literature and Shakespeare to be sitting, because I'm one of those people. I didn't grow up with Shakespeare. I didn't grow up going to the theater. So when I go to Shakespeare, it's not as easily accessible for me. It's watching something to me yeah. that's in like a second language. So, yeah. you know, you don't want to be sitting next to somebody and you're, you know, suddenly laugh out loud. It's like, oops, they're not laughing. That wasn't supposed to be funny. Or vice versa, <laughs> that they're laughing and you're saying, I don't get it. What was it? What did I miss? You know, so I think yeah. that experimenting with this, you know, that something that's new, um, something that's sort of out of your comfort zone is a great way to then, you know, watch it and say, oh, I, you know, I get this and I love this. I can't wait till Romeo and Juliet comes to town, you know, in whatever version, whatever theater, yeah. I'm going to go see it now. Um, so, it, you know, it's that kind of thing that, that, that it opens people up and just, um, it, you know, it, it exposes them to things that they, you know, you're a theater fan because you love musicals, but now you're a theater fan because you're familiar with Shakespeare as well. Well, and I think that the really important part is, is what you said, that you can sample something. And if you don't like it, that's okay. Yeah. And you, know, you haven't wasted point. money, you haven't wasted time, you just watched 10 minutes and you said, that's not for me, and okay, I'll look at something else. Yeah, so with these TV panels that I've been doing and talking about Broadway HD up against these other streamers, so there's like the mega streamers and then there's the niche you know, streaming services, which is where Broadway HD falls into, yeah. um, but... You know, those those bigger ones have, like, these huge, deep catalogs that are, you know, thousands of titles. But, you know, when you're looking for the specific genre, here you go. Here's your place to land um, and, and, and experiment. And when you compare us to the other streamers, the price is comparable. They're all, like, about 100 bucks a year, which is what we are. But the thing that what people are really looking at us and saying the average price of a Broadway ticket right now is one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Well, so, and a, and a know, price for, us, for a touring <laughs> show is sixty or seventy or more. Yep. So if you're looking at you know so if you're if you're outside of New York, the ticket is sixty bucks. That's if you're going by yourself. You know? Right. You go to one show by yourself. Right. You know, but for you know, so if you're looking price-wise to compare, you can say okay. 
$100 for the 300 plus titles and add one new every week is the same as like an Amazon, you know, price wise, what you'd spend annually. But for a ticket, it's a totally different price tag. You know, a city is going to spend $120 for two of you to go to the theater for one night. And that is what you should be doing as well. But if you are somebody who's now watching a lot more theater, you're also getting it that you're becoming a better consumer. You know, so you you know you can go and watch the Shakespeare because you've watched something on Broadway HD. You're going to know who Andrew Lloyd Webber is. You're going to know the players, and I think that you know that's one of the things that Broadway HD is going is is actually doing now is that people are becoming more knowledgeable about who the players are on Broadway. So when you see you know Katrina Link, it's like oh who is that? Well you know she's in the new female version of Company. She was also in she won an, uh, you know a Tony last year for the band Visit. But you can see her on Broadway HD and Indecent. You know so it's right. like these people that you know when when you see the Academy Awards, you you've already seen the movie, so you have somebody to root for. But when the Tonys come around in June, most people. Even people within the Broadway League haven't seen all the shows. They're, you know, scrambling in like April right. and May to try and see every show so that they can vote for it and they know, you know, what so they know what performance and what lighting designer and what designers to, you know, to, to vote for. But the rest of the world hasn't seen these shows. So when they're trying to watch the Tony Awards, they have no idea who anybody is. So they're hoping that the presenters are movie stars. You know? right. So that you can like, oh, I got somebody that I know who that is. But if you know who Katrina Link is and she gets nominated again, it's like, I know this woman. I saw her perform in Indecent. Yes, it was a digital version, but I know who she is. I know what Stephen Sondheim music sounds like. So therefore, I know what to expect with company. I know, you know, and I think that that educated consumer thing it makes you part of the game because otherwise you don't have anybody to root for you don't care you just don't care yeah the viewership will go up and and people become more familiar and also we've got this just in the last five maybe ten years but maybe just five that we do really have this blossoming uh broadway fan culture it's because huge. of you know social media it's and all that, which is huge. really yeah. different and really cool. <laughs> it is. It really is. And the more you know of these things that get out there, and you see it in the you know in Hollywood, there is an appetite for doing musicals again. That's, yeah. that's as you said, it's in like the what the last five years or something. You know, The Greatest Showman, and now they're going to be doing you know some other things that they've pulled off of you know the stage that they're doing into into films, and that's you know West Side Story again. I mean, stuff like that is just really exciting to have that interest to like bring it to this bigger audience. Well, and, um, and but, here's the other thing I want to ask you about. I, I've, I've talked to a lot of people. I did an interview with uh, Georgia Stitt not too long ago about this. The, the the question of copyright in the digital era and and what does it mean and how is it changing and so forth and so on. And a big part of that is bootleg videos of shows. Yeah, yeah. Because yep. you know, people out in the middle of the country, we can't see Broadway shows, and so. People watch bootlegs. And I always thought to myself, yeah, but if we had really, like, beautiful, professionally shot versions of these shows, we would totally choose that over There would be no need. There would be Um, no market for bootlegs if these shows were all captured. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. Because why would you watch somebody's 
cell phone that they were holding in their lap, and you can see the person in front of them's head bobbing back and forth. And you know, and it goes back to the, the usher walks by. And... Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't watch that. There would be no need for it. And the unions are. That's why we have agreements. Broadway HD has agreements with all of the unions because they see the value in having us go in and do authorized. Yeah. captures of these shows. I mean, the other thing is that you're talking about, you know, people invested. These these shows now are 15 to $20 million yeah. to produce these Broadway shows. So a cell phone grainy video, you know, is, does not do it justice. That's not the way that these shows should be seen or, you know, memorialized. And not so, the way so, the producers want it exactly. To be seen. And the other thing is that if you are a theater fan, if you are somebody that loves this art form, by you know continuing to support the bootleggers out there, you are taking money away from the industry that you love. You know when they do when we do a digital capture, we have agreements with all seventeen unions. So there's the thirteen Broadway unions. There's other unions. You know the TV unions that we. We, we we worked with to, to capture these shows, and so you know those are how these should be seen. It's you know when we did She Loves Me, we did Holiday Inn. There were fourteen cameras in the theater, wow. you know, and that's how those shows should be shot. They yeah. should be done with the care, with the artistry that is behind the cameras as well. So when we're choosing the TV directors, we choose the ones that that love theater because they're going to respect the integrity of the stage director's vision and all those creatives that put that together. So that is going to come into play to make it another type of an art form that's in this digital capture, not just somebody, as I said, they just sort of like wherever they could like, you know, lay their camera, you know, on their phone and then capture the show. Um, but I just I agree with you that if there were authorized digital captures of these shows, there really wouldn't be the bootleg market. And and I'm and I'm sorry that people resort to that, um, and that that is there, you know. And then they justify it by saying, well, you know, I I just wanted to see it, and I could never afford the, you know, it, you know, Bruce Springsteen right, didn't right. come through here, right. you know, Lin Manuel wasn't in the cast anymore, and I want to see him, and, <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. They're the all, you know, everybody justifies it, but the reality is that it's, you know, it's pirating, it's bootlegging, it's stealing somebody's performance, and they're not being compensated for it, and that's just, you know, so you've got the, you're not capturing it, you're not doing justice to the production in what it looks like, and you're also taking, you know, you're not compensating the people that they work so hard on this. Yeah. Um, and that's a shame too, because they're artists, they're craftspeople, and they deserve to be—you know—they deserve to be compensated for their work. The, the other thing I want to ask you about, uh, which you've kind of mentioned, I, I, uh, my understanding is that the reason in the past that a lot of shows have not been recorded for PBS or whatever is that it is very complex to get all the unions to agree to everything and all that. Can you talk a little bit about about how you've dealt with that? Because you said there were 17 unions. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, they're, they're PBS and the BBC, which is a sort of PBS equivalent in the, in, in the UK, um, have been doing these types of, you know, theater performances onto, you know, TV screens for years and years. And we, we have managed to license some of their content. And with PBS, we actually partnered with them 
to enhance the budget so that they make sure that, you know, if they partner with us, then we can, you know, we can put it on Broadway HD, then we license it to them for, you know, a certain number of screenings on PBS. Right. Um, but basically it's, you know, there's several reasons. The reasons why a lot of the the producers of the live stage do not want these shows shot or they're resistant to it. Um, they're becoming less so, but the original um, uh, challenge, I think, for them was that they feel there would be a cannibalization of the live ticket sales. And what that means is, you know, nobody's afraid of shooting the show and having this beautiful video of a show. What they're fearful of is that that beautiful video is available someplace for somebody to view at the same time that they're trying to sell tickets in a box office to have you come and see the live production. Right. So they're saying, you know, if you can see that digital version, you're not going to see the live version. And there's no, we only have anecdotal evidence that prove that that you know indicates that that's not the case. Um, there is no definitive proof, and every show is different, you know. Yeah. But most people, when you ask them, like, okay, if you just watch this di- digital show, you watch something on Broadway HD, are you going to go see it when it comes through town? Ninety percent of the time, they say absolutely yes. And yeah. when they say no, it's because they didn't like it. It wasn't because, right, right, oh, right. I already saw it, and so I'd have no in. It's like, oh, that really wasn't a show for me. And then the pain point of the ticket price is less when they see the digital and they don't like it. And then they, you know, but what right, happens right. a lot of times is with the digital version is that people will see it and they're like, oh my God, I love this. I'm going to spend the hundred bucks and go see it. You know, so it, 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 it eliminates the risk of the ticket price of the live, the higher price of the live. Right. So there's that. That's the cannibalization piece with the producers. Um, the other thing is with um, the uh, authors, the you know the the composers of it. So whether it's the composer, the lyricist, the book writer, or for a play, the playwright. You know, a lot of times what happens is, and even sometimes for the producers, why they resist is because you wouldn't bring a show to Broadway and risk the investment of for a for a play. You're probably talking about like you know, four to six million for an average play. And for a musical, as I said, it's, you know, between like, whatever, 12 to 20 million um, for a show. So you're not going to risk that unless you think that that is absolutely the next Lion King or, you know, Book of Mormon or Wicked, you know, Hamilton. That's why you risk that kind of money, because you believe that this show is it. And so when you have that feeling about it, you also quite often think that that's the one that Steven Spielberg's going to come and make into a movie. And so they oh, a lot of times say, right. you know what, I don't want to I don't want to jeopardize the Hollywood movie by allowing a digital capture. And some agents are just saying, okay, so don't give out the right because the money that you'll make if Steven Spielberg comes and wants to auction this is right. so much greater than what you'd make with a Broadway HD digital, you know, version. Yeah. But what our argument is, is that they're two different things. So if you yes. watch a digital capture, it's a, you know, it's somebody on stage and you realize that they're on stage. And if you watch a movie, it's a movie. So a digital capture for plays, they usually, there's no score. There's no, you know, there's no background music, if you will. There's no sound effects. It's right. what it is. So you'll have, 
you know, you have to suspend disbelief. And people watch these digital captures like they're watching the live stage version, which yeah. means when they're watching a musical, when the musical number ends, it's people in a movie theater or people in their living room watching, and they're applauding. Like, right. you know, like, they aren't really yeah. live actors. They're, right. It's a digital, you know, up there. Um, so it's a different experience where you usually don't see that in a movie. People don't react in that way. So that suspension of disbelief in the digital capture is, you know, you walk into a theater and you say, I'm going to use my imagination to go on this ride, to go on this yep. story. And so when you're seeing things play out on stage in front of you, you see one scene and then suddenly, you know, the person, the two people are having a conversation and then one of them says, all right, well, I'll see you later. And then they walk away carrying the chair. You know? Right, right. <laughs> you know, you're like, you know, if that happened in the movie, you'd be like, what the? You know, like, what is that? But in the theater, you're okay with it. And in the yeah. theater, you're okay if somebody says, well, life on the moon is, you know, rather lovely here with no no gravity. Then you right. just go along with it. But if they're doing that in a movie, you you want to see, you know, Matt Damon, like, floating in, in a no yeah. gravity. That you, you know, I mean, it's just a totally different experience. Yeah. And that suspension of disbelief is what, you know, they have there. So, you know, that's another piece is why that digital capture is going to look different than a movie. Yeah. You know, another one that – another example is I, you know, I worked on – I was one of the commercial producers that was attached to War Horse. So that came out of the National Theater. They shot a digital version of it. They put it in movie theaters, and then it came to Broadway, and it was beautiful. And then Steven Spielberg <laughs> – Steven Spielberg again – um, actually did a War Horse movie. And I don't know if you saw War Horse the movie? I, I don't know if you saw War Horse the play. Did you see War Horse the yeah, play? Yeah, yeah. It was magnificent. And it, yeah. was, it was exactly that. You just looked at this puppet, which was, you know, four people with a puppet that looked like a horse, and you were sure it was a horse. It was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was a horse. That's a horse. You can't tell me it's just a puppet. It's a horse. Because you yes. knew that was the deal walking into yes, the theater. Yes, exactly. That, that you were going to participate. Yes, exactly. So then when the movie came out, it was a horse documentary. Right. <laughs> you know, it, you did, it wasn't. It wasn't storytelling in the same way. It just wasn't. You know, and so I think that you know some of the things that are coming down the line that people are so excited that their that their stage play is going to be turned into a movie is not going to work in the same way. Um, yeah, yeah. perfect example is, uh, is yeah, all right, well, uh, did you see Come From Away yet? Yes. Oh, I love, love, so love that beautiful. show. I think it is magnificent. I think it is theatrical and dramatic yeah. and all great things. Yeah. That, they're, they don't want to do a digital caption now because they're going to do a movie. But yeah. if, for people who haven't, who's li- who are listening to this that haven't seen the stage musical, it is, a story that takes place on an airplane, but there's no airplane. It's like eight people with folding chairs telling you that they're on an airplane, and then they move the folding chairs, and suddenly they're in somebody else's home or a cafeteria, and then the the, the, the actors play the people that are on the airplane, and then they change like their hat around or they take their vest off or <laughs> put on a different sweater and suddenly you know they're looking at you it's the same actor it's not like they're wearing some right. m- magnificent disguise but they're now acting as a different character and, and you totally buy kind it of, 
Yes, because you have suspended disbelief. You're like, oh, my God, that was the pilot, and look, now she's somebody else. You know, you're, you're in on it, and you're excited about it, and that gets a different part of your brain going. When they do that as a movie, I can guarantee you that they are not going to use double up in the cast, and that the cast on the airplane is going to be, you know, a different person than well, the ones that are and, in the, the city people. You know. and, that, and that show on stage is all about the magic of theater. You know, it's all about that yes. show yes. asking yes. the audience, yes. you know, you have to help us with the yes. storytelling. You have yes. to participate in this. Like, that's the yes. whole point of that show. And yes. all of that will go away when they make the movie. I think so, but... You I mean, know, it'll so still I'm be wonderful. It'll still be cut I, from away. I think but so, it, because it, it's, it's a, you know, it's just, it, yep, it's this uplifting, you know, uh, just hopeful story. So I think the story will remain the same, but I no. don't think that if you have a digital capture of what the stage version looks like, that that's going to take anything away from a Hollywood movie. No. Um, you know, there's so many other examples of that, that you just, you know, the, the without the, the sound effects, I mean, we have... Um, Orlando Bloom doing Romeo and Juliet, and he's saying, oh, here on the beach of Verona, and he, like, walks across the stage with motorcycle suits. You know, you hear, like, thunk, thunk, thunk as he's walking across a wooden floor, but nobody calls him out on it. It's like, hey, that's not a beat. You know, you just don't care. It doesn't matter because that's not really what the story is about. You know, right. Um, you know, uh, curious instance of the dog, the kid, they do a scene where people come and they carry him up in the air because he's supposed to pretend that he thinks he's an astronaut at one point. Right. You know, it's just those kind of theatrical magic tricks that we suspend disbelief for. You, you know, the movie part doesn't, isn't, isn't asking, isn't asking you to to tax or exercise your side, that side of your brain in order well, to and, be entertained by. And here's, here's the, the, the thing that I think I love most about <laughs> what Broadway HD is doing for us, and that is a bunch of people who don't go to live theater are going to sample it. And they're going to yes. find, either because they're looking for cats or kicky boots or whatever, they're going to find other stuff, and they're going to experience at least a part of that magic that that you know asking the audience to participate they're gonna gonna see how cool that is and how different and how fun that is you know the way theater works on us absolutely and then they will seek out a live theatrical experience near them and that is what you know our mission is too is to support and promote live theater so we're not trying to be a replacement we're not trying to be a substitution for the live stage. We're trying to right. be additive. We're trying to be something that you don't have to wait till eight o'clock at night to get your theater fix. You can have Shakespeare <laughs> for breakfast. You, know, you can watch this any. I mean, and that's that's the that is the that's the power of being able to stream on demand. You can watch this stuff yes. whenever you want. Yes. And yeah, for know, me, it's two in the morning. Yeah, there you go. And what theater are you going to find that's open at that time? So, you know, you can do that. And then the next day you can go to the theater 8 o'clock at night. Um, You know, and and we're finding that that there are, you know, when you look at the statistics of who the the Broadway ticket buyer is, the Broadway League, which is the trade association for the, you know, presenters, producers, theater owners, general managers, When we those you look at those statistics, the number who is actually the ticket buyer has been pretty much stagnant for as long as the Broadway League has been taking that data. Yeah. And it is a white 
over 40 woman who's better educated with a higher disposable income. And right. as you go out on the tours, out you know, the rest of the country, they become whiter and more educated wow. and have, wow. a, you know, the, the income becomes higher compared to the other general population for who actually can buy and afford and is yeah. a regular patron. You'll get the, you know, the, the sort of, you know, I, I I heard about this particular show and I want to go see Dear Evan Hansen or I need it, you know, I want to go see Hamilton because my right. kids heard about it. Right. You know, that kind of thing that you get those people, but you don't get, you know, the ones that go regularly, the ones that are going to see six or eight shows a year out and, you know, out yeah. in the rest of the U.S. are the ones yeah. that are, they're over 40. But if you look at who is streaming entertainment, it's everybody. There yeah. is no ethnic, there is no gender, there is no economic, you know, there, it's just everybody. And when you look at the population of the world, we actually, there's more people in the world right now, the population that has cell phones than have indoor plumbing. Wow. And they're, and they're getting their entertainment wow. from their phone. So whereas, you know, people in the, you know, like our U.S. subscribers, when they watch, they'll sign up on their mobile device. They'll sign up on their iPads or their phones, but they're going to go home and watch that two hours on their Apple TV, their Roku, their Fire Stick, yeah. their, you know, Google, Google Chromecast, whatever it is, right. you know, on a big screen. But around the world, they're going to sit there and watch two hours on their phone because that's where they get their entertainment. Right, so, right. You know, it's just like that's, that's how much they want to see this, is yeah. that they'll watch it on a smaller device. I mean, I right. think it's also, you know, a, a generational thing that, uh, yes. you know, like the people that are over whatever uh, want to watch the big screen TV and the, with their yeah. surround sound at home, and then other yeah. younger people will just consume <laughs> on their phones, you know, totally on true. the train or whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I, want, I want to ask you one last thing. Before you sure. Um, and, and whenever I talk to somebody working in and around New York theater, I always ask this question. Um, I believe that we are in a new golden age for the American musical theater and maybe for the American theater in general. And I'm just curious if you agree with that, what you think about that. I absolutely do. I really do. I mean, I think that, you know, the the power of the Broadway brand because of the Broadway League's support of it is it's never been stronger. It just has never been stronger. And I think that, um, you know, as we see around the world arts funding being cut, I think people are seeing the value more and more of um, theater as a kind of art form that we really need to yeah. promote, preserve, protect, and get the next generation involved in. Um, you know, I think that, you know, the theater in school program is just sad in our country. It's just really kind of sad that, you know, there are it's like 75% of U.S. public schools do not have a theater department. They'll have a theater That's program awesome. that is, well, it is, but it's like the gym teacher or the English, right. usually the English teacher. Yeah. The English teacher is the one that will head up some sort of a theater or music department because they don't have a designated person for that. Right. And as that stuff happens, which I think is really tragic because, um, you know, if you look at the education system, actually, if you look at the public education system around the world, you know, about 100 years ago when we were going from being agricultural societies to being industrial societies, 
that's when public education came into being because we needed right. to take these people from the field and we needed to educate them to be able to work in yeah. manufacturing plants. And what yeah. did they need to know? They needed to know how to read. They needed to know how to do some math. And maybe they needed to know some kind of science. And so that's why everybody around the world, those are the things that we really put value on. And the arts was always something that was relegated to the rich. It was always something that was, and, you know, and yet, if you look, you know, the arts is where you really uh, exercise a different part of your brain. And now, as everybody has a computer in their pocket that they call a phone, you know, you don't need access to, um, or you don't need to memorize, you don't need to be educated in the same way, because all the facts are there. You can just ask Siri for the, you know, who was the third, you know, vice president of the United States, or whatever it is that you need to know. So the people that are going to move forward, the ones that are going to excel, are the ones that actually have the creative brain. And if you, any time you talk about being creative, any time you talk about that with younger people, what are the first things that they do? They talk about theater arts. They talk about make-believe. They talk about puppets. They talk about using your imagination. And that comes from the theater. That comes from theater arts. It's the best way to promote that. So, you know, as we go forward, the one, you know, the people that are going to, you know, find the cure for Alzheimer's, find the cure for cancer are the ones that are going to be creative because they have to find a solution for something that there was no answer there before. And that's the creative brain. I think the biggest lesson I've learned over the years doing theater is that every aspect of life is driven by storytelling, it whether is. it's education or politics or science or anything. It's always about telling a story. That's how we transfer information, how we communicate with each other. We tell stories. And, and I, I, like, it's kind of amazing how much that is the fundamental human experience, you know. Yes, and the better you are at storytelling, the more popular you're going to be, the more, the deeper understanding you're going to be able to have of any business. sort of subject. Absolutely, absolutely couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for talking to me. I, oh, my I am pleasure. A, I love talking about my stuff. Huge, I love Broadway HD. I can't tell Yay. you how many hours I've spent watching. You really and me both. Stuff. It's really, really wonderful. So well, I thank up. you so much for your support. I thank you so much yeah. for your, um, you know, for, for just, you know, for doing this, for passing the word, for spreading the word about Broadway HD and and uh, and um, and and what we're what we've got coming down the down, down the pike, which is, you know, a new show every week. Well, we're out here in the middle of the country. We're appreciating it. So. Oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and happy holidays. Thank you for joining us. This is Scott Miller. Now you, too, have achieved stage rock. See you next time.